N-Y-Y-S-T This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Swinging for the fences Knock it out the park This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Christian and Chris Of course SGR This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Call me New York Yankee Sports Talk Record rain or shine Grab your shades and umbrellas N-Y-Y-S-T You're hanging with the fellas Welcome back. This is episode 351 of the NYYST podcast. We're live on NYY Underground. I am your host, Christian, and this week I'm joined with the, 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 uh, the, uh, I, Jesus, man, I had it all in my brain. All right. It I fell off get, a little bit. That's all right. We could, we, we could bring and it the back. The straw yeah. that stirs the drink, the man <laughs> that runs the whole show around here, Pete Simonetti. Pete, what's up, bro? What's going on, my guy? We are literally just a few days away. From NYYU Day at Yankee Stadium. I feel like I announced it so long ago, and the Yankee season went to hell, and we're almost done with ball games. Uh, so we're live here. It's Monday night. The Yankees just came off of a actually a really good road trip where they went uh, five and two against Boston and Pittsburgh. Uh, and uh, we're here just we're just going to shoot the breeze for a little bit here. Uh, there's not. Listen, I just want to say this again. Just everybody relax, okay? The Yankees are not making the postseason. I know that somebody out there put out all the scenarios of if we do this versus Toronto, we got six <laughs> games. Guys, Cut don't shit. don't do it for don't do it to yourselves. Right. Think yeah, about man. it like this: as as Pete and I were discussing before we came on live here today. Let's say that the miracle happens and this team somehow gets themselves into the postseason. Guys, we're looking at a situation where the season could be on the line in game three of the wild card series and Luke Weaver is taking the ball. Okay. <laughs> That's the situation that we're looking at. So, I mean, it, I mean, you look at the standings, right? And I, I, I was looking at this earlier today and the Yankees are six and a half out, right? And I say to myself, geez, man, like how easy to go into this series. They're playing Toronto uh, and to and to go into this series against Toronto. How easy would it have been for them to go into this series? Just even two games out right now. Oh, yeah. Big time. It's just we're, so many misses. So many a, misses exactly. I say to myself, like, oh, if they could have just won those Garrett Cole games, if they didn't blow the game in Miami, they could have done that. But listen, all those things happen. It's like they were talking about it on the radio today. You can't, if you're a Jet fan, you can't be like, well, if we had Aaron Rodgers, what would it? No, but you don't. Just like the Yankees didn't win those games. You can't go back and look at those situations. It didn't happen. That's this right. season is over. All right. We're going to yep. sit here and we're going to watch the final two weeks because that's what we do. And we're gonna we're gonna try to take some type of enjoyment out of it. Garrett Cole's chasing down a Cy Young. And I don't really know what else there is to to kind of get excited over. I mean, if Jason Dominguez was here, that'd be a different story. I mean, I was kind of hoping that Volpe would build off of, you know, once he got to the 700 OPS, he'd build off that. He has He's kind of regressed a little bit. Yep. Is he hitting a rookie wall? I don't know. But we'll talk about Volpe in depth in a little bit. But I just, for me to be the one saying, everybody just chill. Like that's how insane this this is right now. <laughs> it is wild, man. Um, you know, I hear it every day calling games that Pete, you know, will be this far out, that far out. 
it's over, guys. I mean, I think the season ended right after the deadline. I, I know we got excited when Dominguez was here because at the end of the day, we still probably didn't expect it because the Yankees haven't done it all year. And, you know, you talk about those things that could have been different, and I, I'm just hopeful. Like I said before, me and Christian were offline, I said, I'm just looking forward to 2024. I hope they learn their lessons and they go forward and, you know, things are better going into 2024. But, you know, guys like Estevan Florio could have potentially have gotten a chance a, a little earlier. And I know he's not knocking to cover off of the ball, but he's having good at-bats at least. He got good speed. Peraza was starting to see the guy he may become. Uh, like you said, we already know about Volpe. Everson Pereira's kind of looked a bit overmatched. And now you got Oswaldo Cabrera, who's coming into his own. And the, a, a, a pretty interesting thing that he did the other day is he may be giving up batting right-handed. I don't know if that's going to be. And I shouted you out on that, Christian, because I, I thought you mentioned that before, that maybe he should just stay left-handed. I don't know if it was you or somebody else, but I gave you credit for it anyway. Was it you? I don't recall saying it, but oh, I say well, I gave lot. you credit anyway. So that's what I say. Matter. I'll take the credit, and I do say a lot of shit, and I, sometimes I don't remember all of it. So you know, you might you might have said I heard it from somebody like the right-handed side. He's he's not. You could tell he's just not as good. And then he faced a lefty the other day, stayed, stayed left-handed, but he's been putting up better at bat. So there are some things that you know we can look forward to and be a little bit excited about, but not this year, man. It's it's done. The year's over. You know, um, you, you keep looking back, but like you said, nothing is going to change. The season's done. No, it's amazing how uh, much better Peraz has been at the plate since yep. he's gotten consistent at bats. You know, it's amazing how that works. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's it's the it's the it's the famous saying of the year that a lot of other people are now saying: "Smarter Yankees." I mean, that that I am taking credit for because I know you I'm should. the one that. That uh, started that. Okay. Okay. Had it first. Okay. I had it first. Okay. Uh, before we get too deep into things here, uh, you're watching live right now on NYYU. Please like and subscribe. And uh, when this drops on Apple Podcasts, if you're listening there, please uh, leave us a five star rating and review. And before we get into kind of the topics of the day, I just want to bring this up. And uh, this is a personal thing here, not like personal, personal, but personal thing that I want to talk about here because it annoyed me okay normally like i see comments on the show and i'm just whatever you know people are just being stupid but you know this one really kind of pissed me off and and this guy said he goes one thing to keep in mind uh as you discuss how uninterested you are in yankee bit at in yankee baseball we visit and tune in to get exciting yankee coverage so if you guys aren't enthused about yankee baseball right now there is no reason for us to bother turning tuning into your program okay and i'm saying to myself like first of all you know whether or not it comes off this way or not i put a lot of thought and effort into this show okay so i don't appreciate that type of response to something that i put my heart and soul into number one that i'm not enthused about watching a last place team play baseball in fucking september okay and also, if the Yankees wanted us to be enthused about the games right now, they would have played better, or they could have called up some guys earlier, or they could have made trades at the deadline. There's no you are in the situation that we're in right now because of the Yankees' actions. Nothing that I did, okay? Yep. And you can say, oh, I'm not enthused. Bro, that TV's on every single night. I have not missed a game. As as much as I come on here and tell you the season's over, I still can't turn the TV off. The TV is on every night watching this team play baseball. 
Can am I going to get excited over games against Pittsburgh that literally mean nothing? No, my my heart is not into that anymore. The living and dying, the breathing, you know, the every pitch. No, I'm not there right now, and I'll be the first to admit it. So if you want to call me a fraud on that? Go, you know. Go fuck yourself, number one. And number two, fine, whatever. I don't care because I know what type of fan I am. And I come on here and I try to think of things that will spark conversation, things that make you think, things that you don't hear on other podcasts, okay? So last week, when I'm when we're sitting there going back and looking at Fred's projections, which nobody else does, by the way, that's something that you get here, and we're breaking down why the Yankees are so bad, was I was I like no? I was pretty enthused about that. There was the you can't hear the, the enthusiasm in my voice when I'm discussing how terrible this team is. But like, if you want me to sit there and be like, "Yay, Anthony Volpe hit a home run yesterday," no, I can't. I, I can't do it right now. I can't. I'm sorry, but there are still plenty of reasons to listen and watch this show because I guarantee you, 99% of shit that that you hear in other places two, three, four weeks from now, it starts here. How many times over to, and if Chris and Ryan were here, they're okay. They're just not here today. Okay. I know everybody worries when somebody's missing. Okay. They could back me up on this. It's all this shit starts here. And so don't come in here and say, I have no reason to watch the show. No, nobody's breaking down. How, how Steinbrenner's mind works like we did two weeks ago. And I know it's kind of a lost episode, but go back and listen to it on Apple Podcasts, episode 349, when we took the time to sit there and break down how how is thinking about, like, maybe he wants to keep Boone because he doesn't want, he wants him to be like a package deal together, okay? El Gato. So there's plenty of things that, like, my mind is still churning. I'm still extremely passionate about this team. I want them to win. I don't want to do this again in 2024. But if you can't watch the show because I can't get excited over fucking games in Pittsburgh, then don't don't, don't come back in in April then, okay? Like, I have nothing else. That's just what I have to say about that. I'm very passionate about this team. This team is, you know, obviously outside of my wife and my daughter, this is my life right here. This This is my team. Okay, so don't come on here and say, oh, you guys aren't enthused about these games. The Yankees aren't enthused about these games. So I so excuse me that uh, I can't get excited when Luke Weaver is making starts. Okay, Luke Weaver made starts in Pittsburgh. If you want to go out there and and get excited over that, God bless you. I can't do it. I'm right there with you, and no, and I know how hard <clears throat> I know how hard Christian works and and to prepare and get ready for the show. But the funny thing is, and and I'll 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 sum it up really quickly is that the good thing is NYYST has a lot of love, so one asshole doesn't make a difference for what you guys do every single every single week. I appreciate that, and, and I and I do know that, but like that it's type a common of comment thing. that just. That shit don't sit right with well, me. Well, I get dude. it on game season. I call every damn game, pitch by even ones that suck, and people go, "Oh, you're a fake fan, really? A fake fan? That's the best you got." And, and I sit God in front bless of you, like, you. A, like an asshole, like an yeah, idiot. And God bless you, dude. Game. You're you're sitting there calling these games. At least yeah. I can go walk out of the room for twenty it's minutes. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I'm like, "Yeah, guys, I got to go to the bathroom real quick. I'm really banging my head in the on the fucking wall because it's it's hard as shit to actually do when like the person, hey, you know what? There isn't much enthusiasm right now to watch this team play. What do you, what do you, you know, where's the enthusiasm? We're going to come up in here doing cartwheels and jumping jacks because what? Like, like Christian said, Luke Weaver's on the mound. 
No, you know, the most excitement I had was hoping that Carlos Rodon pitched a good game. If you want to go find a podcast that wants to break down Luke Weaver's start from Saturday night, go ahead. You're not going to get it here. Shit, we don't even do that when the Yankees are in the postseason. I'm not sitting there breaking down Garrett Cole pitch by pitch. That's not what you get here. I'm going to be as enthusiastic. I'm only going to be as enthusiastic as this team allows me to be. But right now, my my focus is turned to breaking down how this team can avoid this a similar disaster in 2024. That's where yep. my mind is right now. That's it. You're right. And that's all we got to look forward to. Let's be honest. I mean, if 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 fans again want to sit there and say if the Yankees get in, if the Yankees get in, hey, fine, fan, however you like, that's okay. I don't see it happening. My focus and my focus for the network is looking forward to 2024. And like Christian just said. How do we avoid what we just saw? How do we avoid the same type of season? How do we avoid a downward spiral? You know, how does this team get above teams like the Baltimore Orioles that are going to be good and maybe even better next year, you know, this year than, than next year? They might be better. So, you know, there's a lot of work the Yankees have to do, and I, I think it's best to focus on how we do that than focus on maybe trying to get in the, like you said, talk about Luke Weaver of all people. One of the ways that the Yankees can kind of avoid this disaster is by having a healthy Carlos Rodon in 2024. Now, he only went five innings in Boston, struck out nine. He gave up that bomb on the first pitch of the game, and then it looks like he really settled in, had the strikeout pitch working really for the first time, in my opinion, all season, struck out nine over five. And then yesterday... I didn't see a lot of the game. Excuse me, guys. I had to take my daughter to a birthday party. I don't know if that's allowed or not. But uh, I saw the line. He gave up, what, three over six in the third, struck out 10. Now the strikeout numbers are starting to pile up. Yeah, Pete, you're watching them every day. I mean, you're yep. paying a lot closer attention than most are. On. Is Do you think now we're finally seeing a healthy Carlos Rodon? Yeah. And as Boone said, is this something that now the momentum builds, we can go into the offseason hoping and thinking that now this guy's going to be the one B to Garrett Cole. Yeah, I've been saying it um, after every start. Um, he looked yesterday's performance. Forget the numbers. Just look at the overall stuff. I was even saying, even if he gave up runs in yesterday's game, I'm still very happy where he was. Um, fastball, there was one at bat against, I think, the backup catcher delay where he threw 100, 100, and then 99 and just looked like he was just pissed and just dialed back. But That's a definitely a tick up from where he's been. No doubt. And he still had very, very good location. The, the thing that people got to be excited for, he had his best curveball, maybe ever. So I don't know if that's a pitch he's worked on because I followed him closely with the Giants. He never had a good curveball. His curveball yesterday had a shit ton of bite, which it normally doesn't. He threw to change up more often, not a plus pitch, just to get me over, figure it out. He had a fantastic slider, a great slider, and then the fastball command is where it needed to be. That is exactly what the Yankees got to hope for, and I hope he has maybe what uh, two starts left, maybe I roughly would say at, two to three tops. Two to right. three tops. I just hope he finishes out strong because. I believe in this guy, man. I, I see people already giving up on him. They're calling him Carl Pavano. I'm like, you guys missed out on Pavano if you're calling him that because it's a guy who I fell in the shower. I got a bruised buttocks. I'm out for six months. I mean, th- this, this, there's not a comparison here. Carlos Rodon wants the ball. He's going out there getting his ass kicked, and he's coming out there going, hey, they kicked my ass. You know, I, I got to keep getting better. And he showed that I could throw four pitches. 
And I think the the partnership between him and Wells might be something that really Wells hasn't hit, but it might be something that gets him a job next year because I think you got to be a little concerned about breaking that up. That duo is working very well together. Well, if you look at it, right, so if the Yankees, I mean, you care if they skip Luke Weaver? I know we're picking on the poor guy, but uh, five days would be Saturday. So, I mean, we were supposed to see his, his first start at the first NY, uh, first NYYU day this season, and yep. he was unfortunately hurt. But he does. I mean, if they skip somebody in the rotation, five days is Saturday, and then he would only have one more start after that. So, I mean, he's only going to have two more starts this season. Uh, I just would like to see him to continue to build. And Boone said this a, a week or two ago. He needs. It's good. He's he's got to just build some momentum going into the off season. He's got to feel good about himself. And then hopefully just stay healthy, man. Yep. Um, this is what we were dreaming of, and I, we're not going to see it this year, right? And it sucks. But yeah, when I, if if he is going to be the guy that he's been in the last two starts, right, where he struck out nineteen over eleven in the third innings, yep. right, and Garrett Cole comes back and is Garrett Cole, when have the Yankees ever had that at the top of the rotation? No, not in a long time, and that was the want that that was one of the main wants of why. You wanted to go out there and add him because of that. Because we know the Yankees needed that 1A behind Cole. They, they never had it, and and it's always been an issue. You need that other big strikeout guy that in the postseason, if they they are on and they're and they're they're hot leading up to that, they'll put you away. I mean, other teams don't stand a chance. And let's get real here, folks. We know the Yankees. Uh, Garrett Cole has how many good years left? I mean, look, he could still be one of those guys that you know, get into his late 30s and still be a good pitcher. I don't. I expect that could be Garrett Cole that could revamp himself, but is he ever going to be the dominating Garrett Cole that we're, start, that we're seeing this year? A guy with an under a three ERA, you know, 200-plus Ks, and, and just put batters away, one, two, three. Him and Rodon back-to-back will be phenomenal. And, of course, you got the other opportunity coming up where you can add Yamamoto to that, who may just be the best pitcher Japan has ever seen. And Brian Cashman, our, our unbelievable GM, had a front row seat to see a no-hitter. So the Yankees have a chance to really shore up their pitching, hope that Rodon continues this into next year. And they look, then, you're, then you are working with something special. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. Well, you brought up Yamamoto, right? And I know he's, he's going to be the apple of everybody's eye in the, in the, in the offseason. And rightfully so. The kid's, what, 24, 25, 25 years old? 25, yep. Okay. And... There's already rumors out there the Yankees are willing to pay him more than what they gave Tanaka, which was yep. like, what, like seven for one? 155? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is, and the Yankees, I saw, even after some of the salary clears out, they're going to have $189 million committed to the payroll next year. Yep. You're going to have, you know, Cole, Rodon, and another $100 million pitcher in that rotation. That's kind of what scares me a little bit about Yamamoto coming over here. The Yankees going to invest that much into the starting rotation. I would. I mean, I, I would, would too. I would take yeah. the I would take the risk on it. But the way the Yankees do business, they're going to look at it and say, "Okay, Cole makes thirty five million. Rodon makes twenty seven million. Now we got to pay this guy twenty five million. You know, that's just in three players that we're going to get. Yeah. If we're lucky, we're getting ninety games out of. Yeah." And I think the other good thing too that really helps, and I know it, I know it doesn't really affect the salary wise, but 
I think the Yankees have the opportunity to have a lot of guys on this roster that aren't getting a lot of money. And they won't be getting paid for years to come unless they're smart and they're like the Braves. If these guys take off, you re-sign them early and maybe get a little discount. But Michael King has looked fantastic as a starting pitcher. And I never, I hated that damn idea. I hated it too. And I but he looks it. good, man. He does. That's but, my thing. I'm like, if you, you could add him in there, Clark Schmidt does look good. Drew Thorpe is is as close to being a 100% pure pitcher as you're going to find in the minor leagues. I think he's actually won some awards already for the best pitcher in the minor leagues this year. I, I think you gotta you got to take... The Yankees are at a point now, Christian, where they got to take risks. Like There's got to be risks somewhere. Too, man. And Randy Vasquez looks good. And look at good Johnny Brito has looked in the bullpen. So they not were, even as a starter, I think he's found his role of the guy that can work to with the innings. This is what I was just going to bring up to you. I don't know if it was Saturday. When did he pitch? Did he pitch Saturday, Brito? I feel like he... Yeah, 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 Saturday. They were, uh, might have been Jeff Nelson brought this up on the broadcast that, you know, if King's transitioning into being a starter, is Brito the new Michael King? Yeah, and he could be. And I don't know if he's ever going to be a guy that you kind of look at as one or two innings of pure dominance all the time. But I love him in that Ramiro Mendoza type role. A guy that could get the ball, bases loaded maybe. He got a hell of a sinker. You could work him in so many different ways. But he does kind of fit into that role, and he's been really good. He's been really, really good out of the bullpen. It hasn't been a game where you look at him and go, this kid's getting lit up. He's throwing a 97-mile-an-hour sinker. His, uh, his curveball has been okay at best, and his slider is pretty decent. So he's a guy that I feel like he could shut guys down. He shouldn't be a guy that goes two or three times in, uh, two or three times in a game through a, through a lineup. If you keep him in that role, I think he's much more effective. And again, it also shortens games up. So if you do got guys like King, like Thorpe in the rotation, you can always kind of hold him out if you need to, to back those guys up immediately. So let's say the Yankees do go get Yamamoto, right? And we're looking at Cole Rodon Yamamoto. The back in that rotation is Schmidt and King, King and Schmidt and Nestor, Schmidt. Uh, what, I think you know, Nestor's going to be traded. I don't know why. I, I, have, think, I think Nestor's gone. And last year was the year to trade him, though, man. I don't know what yep. his what his value is now because yep. he's he kind of he wasn't very good this year, and now he's missed a lot of time. But, but uh, I he's would. He's not really getting paid yet either, so I mean, it oh, could be that, worth the risk of just saying leave him as the four or five and seeing what he is. And if he's bad again, you don't got to rush a guy like Drew Thorpe. You could let him get his time in Double A, let him get his time in Triple and Triple A again, and just see what he got. What do you do? Let's say let let's say in that hypothetical scenario that you're like, okay, Nestor's not getting paid. We're not going to get a lot for him. The, we saw what the upside is. Let's play. Let's see if we could play with that again. If we could get that Nestor back, that Nestor that pitches to a two five ERA, right? Okay. Yep. You can't have Schmidt and King both here. Then you trade Smith. You trade Clark. Trade Schmidt. I think you, you just got to me. You got to go with the higher upside. And I'll be honest with you, man. When I watched Michael King, I was I was so dead against the idea of taking him out of that role. And I didn't give him the shot. Like, his first start, I'm like, yeah, see, I told you. I don't know. Then I watched so him again. He was so as a starter, though, when he came over here. It was just... Yeah, and that's the thing. But now he, I mean, he's maintaining velocity through four or five innings. He His slider is, is unreal. His changeup is phenomenal. I mean, there's a lot of, I know it's going to sound crazy, and I'm not comparing. I'm just saying what it looks like. His... 
his windup is a lot like um, AJ Burnett. If you put him side by side, they look very yeah, much alike. Yeah, you. I hate that you just did that. <laughs> but, but his stuff is like Roy Halladay. He has the mix of Roy Halladay. I'm not saying he's going to be Roy Halladay. So don't everybody come at me here. I'm not saying that. He has the mix of that though. The fastball. He he isn't wild. He isn't overly. You know, um, a, a guy who loses his stuff two two times through the order. He's not getting hit the second time through. I think he looks phenomenal. I'm telling you, man. I'm usually against these type of moves. He has the stuff to be a starting pitcher. He's proven I mean, it already. Yeah, I mean, I called it. We called it smarter Yankees make Michael King a starter, and we called it Yankees. But it might be. I mean, I might have to change my opinion on that based on how he's looked so far. Obviously, we need to get him through a spring training where he is building up to be a starter, and we'll see where it goes yep. from there. But. <clears throat> I don't know if you heard. I'm sure you did. I don't know if anybody was able to fact check this because it, it came from a guy that, you know, basically runs uh, a podcast, which I mean, I shouldn't make it seem like it's nothing because that's what we do. <laughs> but yeah, it's up in Boston that said that he had gotten information that it was at least discussed for Dugo for Schmidt at the deadline yeah. this year. A, do you believe it? And B, if you're the Yankees, do you would you make a move like that? I, be, I believe it. The reason why is we also heard about that in the offseason a little bit. That there was possibly It wasn't Schmidt, right? It, was Ver, Verdugo it might have been for Glaber. Right. I think I did hear that. Yeah, it was something with Glaber involved. So I wouldn't doubt that it was a conversation. But, you know, at this point right now, I would pass. I wouldn't do something like that. I think Clark Schmidt has developed a little more value. Even though his season, if you look at his ERA, I think it's still in the mid-fours and all that. But you got to remember... This is a guy who looked like one of the worst starting pitchers in baseball for his first eight starts or six, seven, eight starts. It was horrible. I mean, he was so bad. We're sitting there going, I mean, this is a joke. This guy can't even last two to three innings. And then he's come out and he's like, yeah, okay, I could I could do this at this level. But for me, knowing his history and everything else that he's been through, this is a great time to sell high on him. This might be the best time to sell high on a guy like Clark Schmidt and knowing that you do got Thorpe. You do got Hampton. You do got Nestor, Nestor Cortez. You do got Michael King. I think it's the best time to trade him and go from there. Yeah, the Yankees will be covered if they trade him, and I think that they could get a very good piece for him now Easy. based on the season that he's had. And he's controllable. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't think you Honestly, when I heard that, I didn't think it was the craziest thing in the world. I mean, the Yankees are so desperate for left-handed hitters and left-handed hitting outfielders that I think a lot of Yankee fans just didn't want to do it because they hate Alex Verdugo. Yeah. But I, I don't think it's the – honestly, in my opinion, I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world. But, uh, you know, maybe the Yankees might want to shoot a little higher with Schmidt now. And the, the ERA, that's one of the things you look about uh, – you look at what ERA is like. If you pitch six innings and give up three runs, your ERA is 4.5. Exactly. You know, exactly. Schmidt Schmidt's one of these guys. I don't. I haven't looked at it in, in a week, in a couple of weeks now. He was at the top of the league in uh, appearances, uh, starts allowing three runs or fewer. Yep. He's been yeah, pretty no, consistent. Been pretty yeah. consistent all year. He's been really good. I mean, look, I, I I know he's kind of regressed a little bit because he had a couple of bad outings, um, but you know, Clark Schmidt's a guy that. What you, what you started to see from him is he can be a very, very effective number five starter. Maybe in another team with a weaker division, he kind of bumps that up a little bit. 
But he's a guy that you can almost pencil in and go, hey, give us, you know, four and two thirds, five and two thirds, three runs. It's probably what you're going to get from him. And again, it's in, it's in one of the, the toughest, one of the toughest divisions in sports in general. So, you know, I think he's a guy that many teams would want to get their hands on, d- depending on what type of deal is out there. But um, the Yankees rotation, I feel like is set. I, I, that's why I say I think Yamamoto is so frigging key because those four and five guys could be cost-effective guys. But then you also have a shit ton of guys on the offensive side that are also going to be cost-effective guys, uh, at least for a few years, unless the Yankees get smart and become like the Braves and Jason Dominguez has, you know, a hell of a season or Volpe maybe bounce back, has a great year. And you go lock them long-term. Let, let's get this core in place for years and years to come. We already got the veterans in place. I just, uh, I, I, I kind of feel like we're wasting our breath here, but I wish there was a way to get rid of Stanton because, I mean, I mean. He, he just, he just, he is just, I hate saying the word cancer, but I hate putting that on a team because he, he he's not like an asshole. He's not one of these guys that cower and hide. He's always there to answer no, questions. He's an, he's, he's an albatross is what he is. He, 100%. And... He, He's just not good no more, man. I, I know people want to talk about, hey, he got 20. The dude, the dude's OPS is like 700. Come on, man. That's not what he's getting paid for. The guy's hitting under 200 with a 700 OPS. He's been trash. Oh Let's my get God. real here. He yeah. sits there and answers questions. Cute. Cute. But I, I don't see a way. I mean, do you see a way out that there's any way? I don't even think you could add prospects and a team would be like, yeah, I'll do it. And then he got to agree to it too. I don't think there's a way that- out of this. This is what I get so aggravated with when people are like, oh, just just trade him. Okay. You understand that, that he can tell you no, right? Exactly. You understand the reason why he's here is because he used that no trade clause that he that he uh, put he got in his contract. He could have been traded to two other teams before he came to the Yankees and he yeah. told them no. The and he could definitely he could definitely tell the Yankees no. What did the Yankees try to ship him out to freaking Kansas City? Because the Kansas City is just looking for a star. Right. Yep. And the Yankees are willing to pay $20 million of the contract just to get him out of here and free up uh, a roster space. He's gonna, you think he's going to take that? No. And on top that of that, guy. too. And on top of that, too, the other team got to accept that he's no longer the same player. He's not good. Uh, you know, many teams aren't going to sit there and go, I mean, what does he do? His last, like, his last, like, 100 and probably going on a full season at this point, maybe even longer. He's hitting under 200 or right around it. This has not been a good player for a while now. He got no legs whatsoever. The Yankees are just trying to figure out what do you do here. And, uh, you know, I don't think there's a way. Like, people say, oh, you attach prospects to him. But again, like Christian, he still has to accept it. Do you? And, and, and people always bring up the Dodgers, the pot. Do you think they want him? I don't know. Uh, I can't sit there and go, well, I can see why a team would want him. I and let, the only thing I could make sense of, if you are a lower market team like the Royals and you're getting a – because the guy's still a star. He's still a star powered around him. He's still got that kind of aura. Maybe not at Yankee Stadium when there's Aaron Judge and all these – you know, and Garrett Cole and all these other guys. But what do they have out in Kansas City? Bobby – I mean, is Bobby Witt, you know, light your fire? I don't know. Or maybe, it's- you know – you know what I'm saying? Like a, a situation like that where they're just looking for a veteran. And Stan, or, you know, Stan is going to be coming out. He's going to get to 500. I really think he's going to get to 500. Maybe somebody just wants 
the marketability of having John Carl Stanton hit 500 in their yep. uniform, right? Yep. I think, uh, but again, the, he's got to say yes to the situation. And yep. it's, he's not, I can't imagine a, a World Series contending team saying, or a team that's like a player away saying, you know what we're missing? We're missing John Carlos Stanton. I just can't see it. Exactly. Yeah, no way in hell. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think you you look at him and you go, well, he's probably going to get the A-Rod treatment at some point where they're just going to say, you know, sorry. We got to move not for on another, what, two you. years? At least at, at the bare minimum two years, if not three. You know, um, I, I think I think that's it. You know, I, I think that's what's going to end up happening. And. Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? But they're kind of stuck with that contract, which which really does affect them because you don't want to pay a guy, you know, whatever the hell it is that they're paying him yearly and go, well, we got to make you sit the bench. You know, you're only going to play against lefties. You nobody want, they don't want to do that. But there's also a lot of guys that could be taking full advantage of that DH spot. One of them being the captain of the team, Aaron Judge, could be getting a little more time at DH. You know, a DJ LeMay, you could get off his feet, get a little time at DH and try to keep him as healthy as possible. And all those guys are much more valuable right now than Stanton is. But again, it's another thing that we can go back and say, we wish we never did, wish it didn't happen. But did anybody expect this guy to break down as quick as he did? No, I didn't. I didn't expect him to break down like this. It's one of the things we talk about all the time, too, is like you have to live in the moment of the thing of when the the trade or the signing happened. And I'm never going to go back and say the Yankees shouldn't have gotten John Carl Stanton because. When you sat there and thought about the fact that you had two guys that hit 120 home runs combined in the, in a season, and now they're going to be in your lineup. No, but I mean, you had to be foolish to, to, to be like, oh, I don't want that. Especially Yankees didn't give up anything. They gave up Star on Castro that's and, and who? Yeah. And who? Yeah. Nope. That's the thing. They didn't really give up anything for it. It was almost one of those Bobby Abreu type deals of just take them. You know, let's figure out a way Castro to being gone it. opened up the, the way for Glaber Torres, right? So, yep. yep. So, I mean, <clears throat> there's just a lot of things that have happened that have just not worked out. And some of them you can't go back and say, well, I wouldn't have done that because you would have. It just because it didn't work out now doesn't mean you shouldn't have done it then. You know, it's one of those things like with the Garrett Cole contract. Well, it wasn't people's like, oh, if you don't win a World Series, it wasn't worth it. Yeah, it was, dude. You still have oh, to 100%. sign the guy. Yeah. The same the, thing the with Gar- Aaron Judge. If the Yankees don't win a World Series with Aaron Judge, we should have let him go. Why? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Trust me. There's there's people already out there saying that that Judge is a bust and things like that. The guy missed 58 games. He, he would have easily had 50 plus homers this year. If you don't want to go to the six, you don't want to commit to that, you know he would have had 50 plus. I'm I mean, telling it's you. To sit there and say this about these guys. You had to sign him. Garrett Cole was a must. I'm telling you right now, and I believe that. This. And this is not me being a Yankee fan and an Aaron Judge fan. I'm telling you, based on watching this guy play this season, he was going to challenge his record I had he stayed healthy. I agree 100%. I agree 100% because, you know, people going, oh, he's struggling now. The guy has torn ligaments in his big friggin' toe. Some it's not people, healthy. He's not and healthy. Some right people now. are never the same with feet injuries. Ankle, those things don't always heal properly. You better hope that he does heal properly. And even if if he doesn't, he's still one of the best players in the game. He's still going to be one of the best players in the game. But Aaron Judge was no doubt about it on pace this year to fly by his own record. 
I mean, that's how good this guy is. He missed 58 games, and he's, what, second in RBIs on the club? On the team, and I think he's still in the top five in the league in home runs. It's insane. It's ridiculous. That's 58 ball games. Just think about that. 58 this guy games missed. missed. And if he's healthy, you know, you do the math, like, well, he's not going to hit 30 home runs in 58 games. No kidding. But he's also not healthy right now. So if he stays healthy, he's going to hit more home runs in the, in the time that he's been on the field post-injury. I'm so telling if he hit 10, he got what? 42. He's got 32 right now, right? Yeah. Okay, he hits 10, he got 42. He hits 15, he got 47 in, the, in that little bit of time. And we all know Judge could go on insane streaks of hitting homers. So, you know, it's... And, and the reason why I'm even bringing that up is because it again ties into 2024. It ties right back into it. Hopefully the Yankees have learned that lesson that their lineup sucks and they have to figure out a way to build around Aaron Judge. Giancarlo Stanton next year, who cares what he's doing? It's all about building around Judge. And Christian, I don't know if you agree with this, but kind of sick and tired of seeing Judge batting second. I know some people don't sit there and go, yeah, but he gets more at-bats. I understand that. But can you give me two on-base percentage guys up top, maybe a little bit of speed, and bat Judge third? I mean, ideally, I would love to see him batting third. I mean, I understand it. I get the why. I understand. They get more at bat. They get more. It's been proven to get more RBI opportunity. I understand all that. But go out there and get me somebody that could bat ahead of him. I don't know if LeMayu's going to, you know, continue to be the top of the order type bat. I don't know if Anthony Volpe can handle that. I don't know. But that is what these guys' jobs is to go do. Figure out how do you improve from a horrific season and make your 2024 season much, much better. Because, again, I'll repeat what I said before. I still don't believe the Yankees are far away. And I agree with you on that. I think there's definitely talent on this team if they just make the f- a few tweaks. And uh, some of the things that I haven't, like you said, Everson Semperero looks kind of overmatched, and I don't think yeah. he can play much recently. It seems well, like he's kind of— Cabrera got hot, so I think they're just saying, hey, ride, let's see what this kid could do. That doesn't mean that prayer is a bust or whatever. It's just yeah. that maybe. And this is another thing I wanted to bring up before we get into Volpe here, right? Okay. I read the 54 at bat crew. Like, Florio's not a major league player, but it's only 54 at bats, right? And now, now they're like, oh, well, look, he sucks. Well, I don't I don't know about that, but whatever. And Pereira and Wells hasn't really hit. Yeah. And, you know, Peraza's hit lately, but he came up and he struck. Just because these guys are not hitting doesn't mean that they should not have been called up months ago when we were screaming about it. Because the answer was not Jake Bowers. The answer was not Billy McKinney. The answer was not, and I I really like the guy, but the answer is not Kyle Higashioka. Like, those are not the answers. Willie Calhoun, not the answer. Franchi Cordero, not the answer. These kids could have been your answer. Look how much better Peraz has been hitting once he got regular playing time. You can't tell tell me that if you would have called up this guy in July instead of, like, a month ago, that maybe he wouldn't have been playing better, that he would have gotten more acclimated to to major league pitching right the one that i can't scream about i know ben warfitt's hitting 105 but he was supposed to be the catcher last year yeah and the yankees waited forever to call him up yep and get 
he he still does, and it took him forever to get a regular. I don't even know why Garrett Cole likes him. I think maybe Garrett Cole can bully him, and that's why he likes him. <laughs> but I would honestly love to see Cole's probably got two starts left this year. Can we get, can Austin Wells please be behind the plate in one at least one of them? Well, Boone said he will. So you know, I know it's hard to hard to believe whatever the hell Aaron Boone says, but he did say that. So maybe we'll see it. But um. You know, the other thing, too, is just energy in general, is letting guys understand that your job isn't safe. I think that's another big thing when it comes to a, when it comes to a team. Um, you know, <clears throat> Estevan Florial hasn't lit the, lit the ball on fire or, or much like that. He's getting his base hits, hasn't shown the power he's shown in AAA as of yet. But I'll tell you the one thing he's doing. He's having very, very good at-bats. He's not swinging at garbage. He's not being a chaser like he was a few years ago. He's recognizing pitches. And he's a very, very good defender, and he got great speed. He's a great athlete. I know people are probably sick and tired of hearing him go P. He hasn't, you know, really taken off in the in the in the, in the little tiny amounts of time the Yankees have given him a chance. But I just feel like again that was another miss a few months ago that you should have just said, "Hey, you're doing great. Just run out there. Who do we have?" Aaron IKF was ass. a starting center fielder. Exactly. I mean, this I mean, is just what let these guys play. Let somebody get a little bit of time. And, and again, too. It doesn't even necessarily, I know the production means a lot, but it's also the energy they provide, a team seeing that change is going to happen. We're not playing well, so we got your back. We're going to try to switch it up. All that shit means something, and the Yankees just refused and refused because they did not want to look wrong. Aaron Boone said, we're all nuts if Josh Donaldson, you don't think he's going to have a great year. I mean, these are idiotic comments and it's like their egos are so big, they will go the whole year to prove it if they can. Tried this year. They really tried. It's ridiculous. Oh, that's what that's what we I'd say it, dude. Like, how much more of like of Billy McKinney could we have did, did we need to see Jake ba- Jake Bowers is not a major league baseball player. He's no, just he's not. not. He's not. He's a bench, Why not? he's a bench piece at best. Not reward some of these guys that are that are young and sh- and tearing the cover off the ball in AAA. Yep. The Yankees had to do this because the, basically they people just started dropping like flies and they couldn't and they just couldn't just deal with with the outside noise. Like, oh, we're just going to call these people up now. Even when Stanton went down, if you remembered, and you lose that right-handed power, I'm sitting there going, "Shit, are you guys, you know, let Shaparo get a run for." Three weeks. What if he goes on a Shane Spencer thing for one month and he wins you three or four games? And then after that, he doesn't do it. All right, hey, you know, you're hitting you're hitting 105 your last seven games. That's it. We send you back down. But they they were like terrified to make any type of move. And oh, that because is one it, of the reasons why they are where they are. And it's so much easier once you know, once Billy McKinney, right? And again, I don't want to pick on the guy, right? But he comes up here and he played reasonably well for a couple of weeks, right? And then yep. guess what happened? He became Billy McKinney. And the <laughs> Yankees right. still played him almost every, every day. day. Yep. yep. It's insane. Yep. We all know it. Why not go? You, if you want to get a guy like Billy McKinney, right, who's a good insurance, it's, it's good insurance, right? If a guy goes down, you need somebody to come up here and play a week to 10 days, you know, you might catch lightning in the bottle. And the Yankees kind of did that with Billy McKinney for a while. He played reasonably well. He hit some home runs. The OPS was high for about 10 weeks, to uh, 10 days, two weeks. And then he became Billy McKinney again. There's a reason why Billy McKinney's played on 19 major league teams so far. That's right. This is who he is. 
Yep. But the Yankees were like, nah, we'll keep trying them out there. Nah, play some more. When you had Florio hitting 28 home runs and Pereira was tearing the cover off the ball, right? These are, and again, maybe the results aren't there, but those these are better answers. Easy. This is all we're asking for is to give better answers. You yep. might not have the right answer, but it's a better answer, and at least then maybe you can get a, a, a an answer on a player in your farm system. Yep. You know, and the Yankees and I get that people are like, well, you know, Pereira's trade value is ruined. You had any faith that they were going to get what they were what they were supposed to for him anyway? Team yep. trades. <laughs> yep. So. No, you're right. I mean, these guys need time. And that's the other thing, too, that I like to talk about a lot is not everybody's going to be a guy that immediately comes up and just has the cover off the ball. It takes some of these guys two years, two years, three years to become a, a, a regular major leaguer as they expect to be. But we are, we are seeing a lot of pros, right? I, I talked about this on All Rise this morning. We're seeing a lot of pros from Anthony Volpe. We're seeing some cons from Anthony Volpe. But I still feel like when I watch him, the pros outweigh the cons. There's some things that we know he needs to work on. The same thing with Peraza. You see all the all the the good. Now you just got to build upon that. I do think out of all the guys that have been up here, not counting Jason Dominguez because he's going to be out for a little while, I think those are two guys you really got to look at and go, we probably have to figure out a way to make sure they're on the team next year. I think we have to figure out unless the unless you know the Padres come out and go, hey, we we need Peraza in a Soto deal, and you end up making something like that. But other than that, I, I don't know how you look at this team and go, we can't we cannot have Peraza and Volpe on. I think they both have to be on your infield next year. Hey, if Peraza is not on the major league roster uh, come opening day for the Yankees, he should not be in the Yankee organization. Hundred percent, no question. So if no you're not question. gonna. There's nothing more for this guy to do in AAA, right? Yep. So either you're going to uh, make a commitment to him somewhere, um, or you're going to send him out somewhere, right? That's number yep. one. Number two, um, I forgot what number two is because my wife is texting me. She needs uh, money for something for my daughter's school. <laughs> okay. Okay. A little money. All right. Okay. Um. What was I going to say now? Forgot. But the, the point on per it's live TV, folks. The point on Peraza is that if he is going to be in the Yankee organization, he's going to be here as second baseman, third baseman. Figure it out. But he needs to. He needs to play up here every yep. single day, not I love back him at in third man. I love him at yeah, third base. I think he's held. It, I I think he's held it down reasonably well, and I don't want to yep. get into a. Uh, a big discussion about Gleaver because I want to save that for another day. No, oh, it's gonna definitely be a topic of conversation a lot in the offseason. I just we know don't I is. just don't know. I know what the Yankees need to do. Shit or get off the pot. Either extend them or trade them, right? Bingo. You can't go and that's my whole scenario Bingo. with him. Is second base gonna be open? That's the whole thing. And then who's gonna play third base? Is that where you put yep. DJ LeMayu? Or is DJ Mayu better suited to play second base? Because I People are saying the the arm's gonna go as he gets older, and it's better for him to make throw some second. Blah blah blah. So I don't know. There's a lot, but Peraza's there's a shit the guy ton of questions. There's yeah, there there are, and one of them coming into the season was how Anthony Volpe was gonna do this year, yep. and because this is what 
uh, I stress to people when he was hitting 170 or 180 or whatever it was. Yep. And Matt, Dil- Matt Dillon, Jesus, Matt Law. What the <laughs> hell is this dickhead's name? Dylan Lawson. Dylan Lawson. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. I'm getting like, <laughs> Matt crossed Dillon. up with Matt Dillon. <laughs> Jesus. Said, oh, it's a professional 180. It's still 180, dude. Um, One of the that, worst comments. Who, that guy might have had the worst comments of any coach I've ever seen in my life. When Boone uh, gave him the news that he made the team, he said, very key phrase here, we want you to finish your development yep. at the major league level. So yep. you have to yep. listen to the words. I know a lot of gibberish is spoken by the Yankee brass and the YPM, right? But sometimes you have to listen to the words because they're telling you what they're doing sometimes. When the Yankees are telling Anthony Volpe, we want you to finish your development at the major league level, they're telling you, we don't think that you're quite there yet, but we want you to help us win games up here. We don't want Correct. you to spend any more time in AAA. Correct. So what does that turn into? It turns into a a 2020 season, which is pretty remarkable because it's not happened a ton of times, especially for the New York Yankees. 211, 21 home runs, 60 runs batted in, 680 OPS. It's not spectacular. But there, to me, there's things that you have to like about this kid. And yep. look, I know right now he's kind of looked a home run yesterday, notwithstanding. I think he's been pretty shitty the past week or so. Yeah. Past couple of weeks. Very right? much. Yep. I don't know if that's because is he hitting a rookie wall? The guy's played every day. Yeah. Most, most never games played, played on the club. He's never played this much. Is he just tired? Which people are like he's twenty two years old. Yeah, you try doing it. I don't care if he's yeah, how old he is, dude. It's about building up stamina. If you've never done it before, correct. And he's a smaller guy too. I mean, it's it's I know it's tough for everybody, but there, there's a lot of things stacked against Anthony Volpe, and, and there's been a lot of hard work in there for him to even get to this level. That's why one of the things I talk about, Christian, one of those cons that we all know is there, is he swings and misses. He swings and misses what? quite a bit. You know, he strikes out a lot. We know that. But, but one of the reasons Anthony Volpe is at this level now is because he's developed a swing that allows him to hit for power, that he could drive the ball. He's a small kid. And does it make me happy? No. I'd rather him be a guy to hit for a little better average. But I, my prediction coming into the year, I told everybody, I said, guys, get the 300 out your mind. You can go back and see the videos. I said, get the 300 stuff out your mind. If he hits me 240... Pops 20 homers, steals 20 bags. I'm a happy guy. He's hit on two of those. The average isn't there. But I do believe, even with his swing right now, he's a guy that can hit 240, 250, maybe 260. I don't see Anthony Volpe being a high, high average 280, 300 guy. I just don't see it with his current swing. Too much swing and miss. Could be. If somebody sits down with him, not Austin Wells, somebody that gets paid to do this, just him a two-strike approach. Yeah, I agree. Casey could be that guy. Casey's done it. So I would, like, I agree. I would look at him and say, and you're 100% right. I would look at Anthony Volpe and go, don't change anything. You're right. The only time you should look to make a change is again with the two strikes. And he has enough power to drive a ball out the right field, even if you're late. But I agree with you 100%. That approach with two strikes, we've seen many, many times where it's like, bro, there's a man on third base with one out. You just got to put the ball in play. And he swings and misses at a ball. Looks, he looks like Alfonso Soriano trying to swing up there. It's like, come mm-hmm. on, man. That ain't it. 
it was either Friday or Saturday. The Yankees had bases loaded with what, no sure out or one out, and he came up, and it was just one, two, three, and he's back yeah. in the dugout. And yep. And you want me to get excited about these games? I was pissed off at that because I want to see this kid succeed. Yep. I don't want I, in a situation like that, even if the game, the game, really in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter. I want him to come through in a spot like that. Hell I want yeah, him to course. be. You know, I'm not. I don't want to see him strike out and look feeble and 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 look like he doesn't belong here. Yep. So, and I, I somebody tweeted this earlier today, and to put in perspective the season that Volpe's had, he's had more. He's got more home runs than Dante Swanson, Xander Bogarts, Carlos Correa, and Bo Bichette. Yep. He also has uh, more DRS defensive run saves than Lindor, Gunnar Henderson, Corey Seager, and Jeremy Pena. These are mm-hmm. the top of the top shortstops. And yeah, Anthony Volpe's little, not. Well, I'm just going to add to that. I got a little more for you because I got, um, you know, uh, Savant pulled up here too. I mean, his range is top 81 percentile in Major League Baseball. So 100% with the range. He's great. He, he could last at the Major League level. His arm is not good. I mean, his average exit, his average velocity with his arm is actually almost worse than what IKF's was. He's throwing about 81.7 miles an hour, which, again, at the end of the day, He's also getting the balls that most shortstops don't get to. So whether that's a guy on first base and he gets a ball in the hole and is able to throw him out at second. Fact of the matter is, I think Anthony Volpe's probably not the Yankees' best option at first base, but they're not going to die at shortstop, excuse me. But he's not going to kill them playing shortstop. He's not going to hurt them that bad playing shortstop for the Yankees. No way. I think he, he had like a run when they were in Seattle where he was pretty terrible. But other than yeah, that, very, have you ever bad. have you ever worried about the ball getting hit to no. Anthony Volpe this year? No, no. And I'll, and I'll this be, is because I'm the first one that would say that. And I, I've been saying a lot recently that, yes, I do think that maybe Peraza should be the shortstop because of the arm. But but I'm not going to sit here and pull my hair if the Yankees go Anthony Volpe. He's the shortstop next year. Okay. Fine. I'm not I'm not mad. And, and Peraz is the third base or even second baseman. Think you're wasting his arm at second, but I'm still okay with that because I, Volpe showed me that I could play it. I may not be the I may not have the greatest arm, but I'm very quick. Quick release, quick everything, good baseball IQ. He could play the position at this level. And look, we all know it. I mean, we're all smart enough here to figure this one out. It's a marketing thing that he's a shortstop. 100%. No question about it. So it might not be the best baseball move, but the Yankees don't. I mean, he's not a bad shortstop. I don't not think he's. And this is what I, people are like, Derek Jeter sucks. He's overrated. His DRS is uh, fucking terrible. Oh, well, first of all, you're a, you're just the dumbest. You're an idiot. Exactly. You're okay. an absolute idiot. I watched this guy play 20 years of baseball. He sucked as a shortstop once he became fucking old and broke his leg. Okay? Correct. Early on, he wasn't bad. 96, he made a shit ton of errors, but he was a rookie. He cleaned it up. Here's how I judge a good defensive player, right or wrong. Okay? You could tell me right or wrong. Everybody in the chat could tell me right or wrong. Here's how I judge judge a good defensive player or not. Do I have a heart attack when the ball is hit to you or not? Yeah, he's exactly. Do I have an right anxiety attack? Do I, have, do I have anxiety when the ball is hit to your position? Yep. And I'm right I can there with honestly you. say... I do not have that feeling when the ball's hit to Anthony Volpe. It, it's not Garrett Cole on the mound, IKF at shortstop. It's definitely not that. We've seen that shit enough last year. Right? I mean, I don't know, dude. Like, I, And I'm not just trying to pump Anthony Volpe up because I want him to, to, to be the Yankee shortstop for the next 10 years. Yep. I mean, but 
I'm watching the guy play every day. Like, I don't get that. Like, when the ball hit the eye camp last year, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I need a fucking Xanax right now. Like, 100%. I don't feel that. I don't feel that when the balls hit the Anthony. Fly balls, the Hicks in the outfield. We were the same way. Uh, I feel yeah. that way now when uh, Stanton's out there. I get concerned. If it's like a line drive absolutely. to right, I'm terrified. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, another thing, he's... too, uh, I just want to bring up on the uh, on the offensive side of Anthony Volpe. So, this year against fastballs, He's hitting 252 against fastballs, slugging almost 500 against fastballs, but everything goes to hell. And I'm and I I don't want to say I'm happy about saying this, but I bring this up because this is a report that I actually put out in the offseason that one of the biggest problems in Anthony Volpe's swing is hitting off-speed pitches. Against breaking balls, which is your sliders and your your sweepers, whatever the fuck they're called. I don't recognize it. I say it's a slider and a curveball. He's hitting 145 with a 253 slugging. So, yeah, not everybody's going to hit for a pop against breaking pitches, especially good ones. It's a lot harder. But Anthony Volpe's uppercut swing, the, the, the major uppercut swing he has, is going to have to be addressed to a degree because he will be exposed. And it could, only, it could actually get worse in his second season. People don't like to bring it up. They think they guys just get better. It could actually get worse in, this, in, in his second year if that's not something he's able to make an adjustment to, which I, I tend to believe he's somebody that will make an adjustment. I don't think he's, if he struggles next year, I don't think it's going to be because of a lack of effort. That's not, no that's way. just my yeah, opinion. There's, there's no way in hell. He, he's a guy that you could tell he wants to be, he wants to be one of the better players in baseball. There's no doubt about that. And he's on the team he wants to be on. It's not like, you know, yep. I, you know, oh, he wants to be a Yankee. No, this kid, I mean, yeah. You know, I would, I would hope that everybody works equally as hard no matter where, if they're playing in a situation they don't want to be in. But this, the kid wants to be the Yankee shortstop. He's not going to fuck this up, you know? Yep. It's not going to be for a lack of trying, I should say, you know? But, you know, the thing with Volpe, and I'll go back and I'll say it again, man, like him being terrible at hitting breaking pitches, a lot of that too is because he's still trying to crush the ball. Everything. And pitchers counts. And yep. he can't, he should not. You know, he's not a slugger, man. Can he hit? Does he have the potential to hit 30 home runs in a season? I mean, he hit, he's hitting 21 this, yeah, 21 this year, right? Definitely. Absolutely has potential yeah. to hit 30 home runs in a season. Is that the approach Anthony Volpe should have at the plate? No, I don't think so. Anthony Volpe is going to be the best version of Anthony Volpe when he learns to hit like Derek Jeter hit. And I'm not, I know, I hate when people make that comparison. Jeter, you know, the, everybody compares every, but middle, other way. Middle, hey. other way. I think we can all agree whether we like Alex Rodriguez or not. He's probably one of the greatest hitters in, of, of all time, and he's also probably one of the best teachers of the game that I know when I listen to him, I, I, I pay attention. He said he knows so much about baseball. Dude. Man, it's he just said that it. People don't want to listen to him because of who he, he is. He said about Anthony Volpe, and he made a little, he made a little nod, like a little push towards it. He said, hey, if, you know, if, if that swing was developed a little better, maybe he could be Derek Jeter, but until then he won't be. Until he has this gigantic analytically – uh, um, launch angle, drive, exit velocity mindset that he's been taught in the minor leagues to have this gigantic uppercut. He's never going to be, you know, a Derek Jeter type or a a, a, a poor man's version, whatever, whatever you want to call it. He's never going to be that type of hitter. And even if, like Christian said, you change that to be a two-strike approach, that is okay. That is okay to dial it back and go, all right, I'm going to put the ball in play. I got great speed. How many infield singles have we seen Volpe hit this year? I don't think, I've barely seen one. 
because he doesn't put the ball in play enough. He's right. always popping up, flying out, lining out. There's not a lot of, you know, ground balls and things of that nature because of the uppercut swing. And with his power, they hit a lot of home runs with a line drive approach going the other way at Yankee Stadium. That's right. It's just, it's just going to happen. Like, I got, I get more excited watching Anthony Volpe porch one than, than pulling one out to left field because I say to myself, that's when Anthony Volpe is going to be at his best. Yep. When he's going the opposite way, hitting line drives to that wall, that's when Anthony Volpe is going to be at his best. Yep. So, I mean, we can nothing over the next week, two weeks, or whatever is left in the season is going to really change my opinion on Anthony Volpe's uh, rookie Agreed. campaign. I think it's Agreed. kind of set in stone. We know what we we kind of have a good feeling about what individually we feel about him. So earlier today, I ran a poll here asking fans like. Pick one of these choices. Tell me what you you know best fits your feelings on Anthony Volpe's rookie year. So uh, there were four choices. Uh, number one, the winner was eighty percent. What people said it was a solid, encouraging season. Um, number two, in second place, was at twelve percent. Was he's a future superstar? Third place was seven percent, which people said he'll never be special. Mm. And in last place, no. But dang, I, I'm actually. Glad nobody voted on this one. Zero percent was that he was a bust. Get rid of him. Yeah, you know, and I'll just say, you know, I, I've been talking about this a lot here recently when it comes to Volpe. I'll say that he hasn't knocked my socks off, so he hasn't been somebody that I look at and just say, "Oh yeah, future starters." There's no cons there. He's gonna be. He's gonna be this beast of a guy. And mind you. Even what Jason Dominguez did for a short period of time, I'm not sitting there going, this is a future Juan Soto type. This guy's going to be unreal. Got to see a little more. All the I'll electricity Volpe, there was, was, there was more electricity there for Jason Dominguez no and doubt. Anthony Volpe. All I'll say about Anthony Volpe, I think is, is very, very simple, is he has the talent. He 100%, no question, has the talent. I believe to even be an all-star at this level. Would that make me happy if he is a, a above average player? Maybe not an all star every year. If he's an above average shortstop, I am very, very happy that the Yankees developed that. The idea of the Derek Jeter stuff and the bullshit comparison that we know was all about marketing, we understand that. Never was the case, should have never been the case. But hey, the Yankees are going to try to make money and hey, they're a business. I don't blame them. Yankees but sold Anthony us on Volpe, a 10 time all star, though, Pete. That's what everybody is going to look at. Yeah, that's what we that's, were sold on. True. And it's and it's 100% true. So you got to see it that I'm happy I never bought into that. I never bought into it. My early predictions for him was almost what he did this year. So again, I've repeated that Volpe could be a 240 guy, 20 plus homers a year. I do believe he probably could have stole about 35, 40 bases this year. They really pulled him back. He had 13 the first month. Even he just, now, yeah, like, I, he just doesn't run no more. They just stopped him from running. I, I don't, I don't believe it's an Anthony Volpe thing. I think it's a management thing that just said take it easy a bit, or not with certain guys, or that's not part of how we're how we go about our business. Yeah, I sure, don't we know. have this. We have a weapon here and a guy that can steal thirty five bags this year, but we'll not. And they all can. Use it. And that's the crazy thing is all this youth that people got to remember. They're also very friggin' fast. So th the Yankees could certainly change up the way they go about their approach. Um, I, I just think a lot of it also comes down to who's the manager. How much say does the manager have? You know, is the front office going to stay out of the manager's business going forward? Is that something that Steinbrenner might actually change this offseason? 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. A lot of questions. A lot of questions. I'll say this, and I don't again. I don't want to get on a big thing about Boone, but if Boone's going to be here next year, which I mean, it kind of seems like he is. I think so. Let the guy manage the team. Let him go out I on. Agree. on his, let him go out on his shield next year. I agree. Let him agree. manage the team. I agree 100. percent And I'm obviously I, I am not a fan of Aaron Boone as a manager. Oh, neither am I. But let him. I know do... you're not either. But I agree. I think we both agree on that. Is if if they're gonna ride it and and say hey it's his it's his last year as manager he got one year in his contract rather not get rid of him it's already in place we like Sean Casey we kind of like the way things start maybe the clubhouse has gotten better you don't know maybe the communication as they talk about maybe that's all gotten better at this point now you really need to you got to get that divide again it's got to come back where Brian Cashman is told keep your fucking knows out of this 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 dugout it doesn't come down here you want to have meetings you know before the game with your people fine but i make the i make the calls here it's that simple you know i don't think I, i'll sit here all day and say i don't think aaron boone is a is a is a dumbass baseball guy i don't know how that's possible with his family line i don't know how it's possible that aaron boone's a moron if so then he should never have a baseball job again go back to espn but I agree with you 100%. If he's going to go out, go out on his shield, be that guy. You got a shit ton of young talent coming up. Run the game like a friggin' baseball squad. You got a shit ton of guys that can steal bags. You got decent power. Hopefully they add a little more. And run the team differently. Stop just being stalemate on the bases. Move these guys. Play hit and runs. Bunt every now and then. Be a dynamic offense that they have the opportunity to become. But they got they to gotta want that. And Boone got to be the guy that's heading that cause. Agree, man. If it's gonna, if Boone's here next year, let him run, let him manage the team the way he sees fit. And if it doesn't work, guess what? He doesn't have to come back next year. But <laughs> this is the last. Well, this is the last push on this show. I'm sure you're gonna plug the hell out of it on uh, on game season and uh, all rise and everything else that you do on the channel. But you want to give the one final plug for the uh, for the event here on the NYYST podcast? Yeah, uh, we have a, a couple of tickets left um, to be a sellout. But again, guys, there are a few tickets still available for September 23rd, this Saturday. Literally this Saturday. I can't even believe I'm saying that. It's already Monday night. We're heading into, heading into Tuesday, just a couple of days away from the event. Yankees, Diamondbacks, it is Aaron Judge bobblehead night again. Five-star dining. We enter an hour and a half early. All that food is included and non-alcoholic beverages. There is a bar there if you want. Um, Non-alcoholic beverages and all that food is included in your ticket. The food is phenomenal. It's not regular ballpark food. Five-star dining. And when they say five-star dining, I 100% agree. It is five-star dining. Great view. Great um, great, uh, um, uh, sight of the game. And at the end of the day, too, it's just great to be among everybody again and have a great time. We always have these events are always amazing because everybody in the chat gets to meet each other. Um, and it's Hirsch, just if you're going to be time. there, I'm not going to hit you in the face this time. OK. <laughs> All right. Hirsch, uh, no, uh, no Cracker Jacks to the noggin. Oh, it was cra- okay? I couldn't think of it. I, I thought it was Cracker Jacks, but I it was Cracker Jacks. You have mm-hmm. Cracker Jack right to the noggin. He took it like a champ. No big deal. No, no lawsuits. No, no champ, lawsuits. The champ Hirsch. The champ Hirsch. But yeah, guys, um, tickets are still available. I know a lot of you that are already in the chat right now are going to be there. It is going to be amazing. I can't wait for it. And again, we'll, we'll be there very, very soon. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody out there. I, 
again, like we've been saying on the show for weeks now, it's just it sucks that we're not going to be there to, you know, enjoy the game per se. Yeah. And uh, but we're going to be there as a community and we're going to show out and, you know, we're just going to have a good time here with the entire NYYU crew. So uh, if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, there are a few still available. Don't sleep on it because Saturday yeah. will be here before you know it. Uh, we want to thank everybody for their continued support of NYYST and NYY Underground. We want to thank everybody for listening and watching episode 351. Pete, say goodbye. Peace. Can't make a promise, but I do my best. 25 sitting on 25 racks. Just got started, no, we ain't done yet. Buy a new crib, that's a goddamn flex. Goddamn flex. Sign that check. Told them last year that I've been up next. Can't take calls, but I send that text. From way downtown.